Hey guys, and welcome to episode 223 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, guys. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm okay. What's our fun story this this uh, fortnight? Well, I have finished the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yay! Woo! I Wait, was that in screen. the last two weeks? I can't remember. I think so. I don't think I had finished it this time. No, because, yeah, it was last week. So, yeah, it would have been. Time is flying so quickly at the moment. It is very much so. But, yes, I have finished it and it was great. I mean, it was a bit unexpected, the fact that the pre-boss boss was the thing that held. I I got held up on the motorcycle chase. That was the hardest part of the game. That was the hardest part of the game for me. And it frustrated me so much. But the good thing is that we had probably about 30 or 40 people watching on the stream at that point i think it was the most successful stream we'd have for the seven remake and everyone was there urging you on just yeah. really wishing you could defeat that evil thing it is a lovely feeling having so many people like cheer you on it's something that you don't really get to have when you're playing games by yourself you don't have when you get stuck on levels you're just alone in your room dealing with it by yourself and getting progressively more angry um so yeah it was it was a special moment to have so many people cheering me on and um yeah and i eventually did actually beat it and um yeah it's nice i mean i really i do kind of have the itch to go back and play hard mode but i think i can leave it for a little while i think that's wise yeah but with that being said our next game that we are covering now, which we actually covered, um, yeah, we started on f- Saturday? Saturday. Yes. Uh, Final Fantasy 1. So we're... We've gone back to where it all began. We have. Because I said, you know, I was saying to Daryl, like, we haven't played through a lot of these games in a long time. Um, so it might be worth refreshing. And I think that what we'll try and do is we might not go like completely like we're going to do one and then we're going to do two and then we're going to do three. We're probably going to have like other games interspersed, but I think what our goal is, is to have played every single final fantasy game, perhaps excluding the MMOs just because of how much of a time sink they are. But yeah, I mean, if we were full-time streamers, then fine. We'd be able to slot them in, but we're not, we only stream six hours a week. Yeah, exactly. And like, I would love to go back to Final Fantasy fourteen, but it's just it's so much it's so much to do. But yes, so um, Final Fantasy one. How did you feel playing through Final Fantasy one? Nervous, yeah, <laughs> really nervous because yeah, as you said, I haven't. Well, we neither of us have played these games for a long time. I, I the last time I played Final Fantasy one was on the Portal app, probably a couple of years ago, mm. and then I ended up having my playthrough cut short because they for some reason when they i i feel like i'm i'm not making this up but when the portal app came out they they gave final fantasy one and two uh available as a free download and it didn't have the uh, demand of having you connected to the internet to be able to play and you know for a long time i only had like 500 megs of data on my phone <laughs> so i had to be very specific about what i did and didn't use my data on in a month and so when they invoked that, I was just like, well, I can't play this anymore because I used to play it on the train when I was mm. going to and from work. 
And um, before that, the last time I played it was Dawn of Souls, which was like 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, almost 20 years ago now. Yeah. Which is quite scary. Yeah. Um, we're playing actually like the sort of spiffy PSP version. Yes. Which is gorgeous. It's so nice. It has amazing soundtrack. The, mm. Yeah, the graphics look so much cooler. Mm. And also has tons of uh, quality of life additions. So mm. like compared to the original game, it's more like playing a modern game, but with the, the turn-based mechanics still in there. And I say modern, I mean like Final Fantasy IX modern, mm. not not Final Fantasy VII Remake modern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, We're quite, not going to have any cursing uh, or anything in there. I, I was really nervous because, yeah, it's been so long. And like when you're, because we're quote unquote experts, mm. you know, there's always that pressure that people expect you to know exactly where you're going. And they need, like, you're supposed to be like guiding everyone through this journey. And it's like, we haven't played them for so long. Like, I, I remember like story moments, mm-hmm. but like gameplay mechanics and stuff. Like, you know, it would probably even be the same playing Final Fantasy VII again. Yeah. I'd probably be quite nervous about kind of making mistakes or not doing the right things or not getting the right equipment and stuff and yeah like when you have lots of people watching you as well it's you don't want to make a mistake yeah you don't want to be in that position where you get a game over earlier on because i know you had that when you were playing final fantasy 3 oh my on the god screen. yeah that was so embarrassing it was like the first thing and i i just died yeah i mean i'm not going to try and make that same mistake again although i think you're going to be playing through final fantasy 3 this time yeah i think so and I'm probably going to be doing five as well. And they're the games I'm least comfortable with, I'd mm. say. I, they're, they're the games I've probably played the least. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to have to really refresh myself. Or I'm just going to go in kind of quote unquote blind. Yeah. I mean, like, and see what happens. The thing that we do have on our side is the fact that a lot of other people have not played these games either. Like, there's a lot of new fans to the series who. Even, like, not really that new. They came in with Final Fantasy VII, and they haven't really explored the older games. Or Seven Remake. Or Seven Remake, you know? Like, you never know. And I think it's good to shine a light on the history of Final Fantasy. I mean, yeah. Like, weirdly enough, we've been playing the Seven Remake, and the most the, the, the part one of our Final Fantasy I playthrough is the most popular stream we've had. Mm. So people obviously want to see us playing these older games which is nice yeah it is nice it is really and good thanks to everyone who who joined us and is going to continue to join us on our journey yes and actually um on that note as well on our discord there's um quite a few people who we've had who are going to be playing through it alongside us so if you have a copy of final fantasy one and you want to play alongside us we're starting up a little a little discord like book club thing so everybody can play it together we yeah have, so post up your progress and, and discuss we have a lord on uh, the stream who's uh who's said that he has a an interesting combination um i can't remember i don't think he has a warrior i don't think he has a warrior and uh no he's having a bit of a tough time <laughs> yeah <laughs> bless him gotta mix things up he'll 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 sort it out he'll sort it out can i just say that the other interesting story we've had in the last fortnight is that I'm getting more and more convinced that Square Enix do listen to our podcast because every <laughs> single time we make some kind of statement or claim, like literally a couple of days afterwards, there will be something that just shoots it down. They're so listening. obviously the last episode, we were asked about Crystal Chronicles Remaster. We said we hadn't heard anything about it for the longest time. And I think even in the past, I'd spoken about how I really hope they hadn't encountered an issue, like mm. what happened with Agato Plus, where they ended up having to just not release the game 
like literally a couple of days after the podcast they do the release trailer but it wasn't like i don't know it was it i guess the conspiracy theory is that it was basically the tgs trailer from last year they just added a release date on the end it's exactly the same trailer with a release we're date. gonna get you <laughs> it probably took them about 10 minutes to pull together so yeah um that was interesting it's gonna be coming out on the 7- 17th 27th of august mm. so um, mark your calendars it's not too long to wait until crystal chronicles remastered and we can all have wonderful experiences with the game because i believe it's going to be cross play across like ps4 switch and even mobile devices as well mm. somehow it's going to be so they haven't cool. really, really expanded hope. upon how it's going to work but they're claiming it's going to work we'll leave it to you square yes we'll leave it to you so the main topic for today's episode is going to be discussing the recent final fantasy 16 rumors mm. and the subsequent rebuttals from <laughs> square enix about them which is interesting because they usually don't say anything Mm. Um, but before we do, we're going to do our Patreon shoutouts and we're going to kick things off with Chris Morales. Michael Graham. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Thurin Bullen at Massacre 23. Fires Bilal. Lewis James. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Ryzen. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. Chris Pope at Dr. Pop 181. Freya Stella. Flip Sudness. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Mitch Elliott. And Sam Ennis. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. So, main topic the big Naoki Yoshida rumor, which mm. came out probably about a week ago now, maybe a bit more. It's been since the last, it, it, it happened between this episode and the last episode, put it that way. So, I mean, I guess the the backstory here is that there's been a rumor going around for a long time now, probably, I don't know, at at least two years, three years, that Yoshida is directing Final Fantasy XVI. We've spoken about it before. Um, Obviously, nothing's come out about it. It's been very much behind the scenes. But we know that his business division are working on something big in addition to fourteen, And I guess the process of elimination is final fantasy 16 mm. this rumor got brought back in a big way by the lovely 4chan they uh, someone who claims to be an either an insider or somewhat close to someone at square enix basically said that during the summer of games fest which is this big thing that's uh, that jeff Keighley's kind of i think he, i think it's jeff gilly he's kind of taking the lead on in the absence of e3 and gamescom and all those things um, it's going to be like a virtual thing. But the, the rumor was that during this period of time, Square Enix were going to announce Final Fantasy XVI. Um, they said that Yoshida is the director uh, or is in charge of directing. Um, and it would be a classic fantasy game with steampunk and gameplay inspired by Dark Souls and Final Fantasy XV. There would be job systems and all these wonderful things. And it was great and everything. Um, but during the uh, recent Final Fantasy fourteen broadcast, Yoshida basically just shot the whole thing down, but in a cryptic way. Mm. So he said that, yeah, rumors are annoying. Um, it's bothersome to have to kind of respond to these things. Like he'd rather just not worry about them. And he said that he's going to continue to be in charge of fourteen for more, many more years to come. 
pretty much as long as he doesn't die or get too sick to do so. So don't pay any attention to any non-official announcements about what he's going to be doing. Far away, Lauren, as to your <laughs> thoughts about that particular quote, which could be a mistranslation. I mean, yeah, like there's some things going around saying like maybe it's a mistranslation, maybe not. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to tell really without actually knowing Japanese, like in or and not having somebody to actually like not to be there to hear him say it. It's really complicated to to make a judgment like because he doesn't specifically say I'm not working on Final Fantasy 16. I think from what I understand about this this thing and like I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth or make him any angrier than he already is. But it's just the fact that like he doesn't specifically says it and all he says is the fact that he's not going to leave Final Fantasy 14 and I think probably to me that sounds like he's frustrated because he thinks that he thinks that people think that he's going to abandon Final Fantasy 14 and that doesn't seem to be the case no and I think you know the one thing in favor of that is uh Tetsuya Nora Mm. he was directing Kingdom Hearts 3 and the 7 remake at the same time Mm -hmm. and you know Yoshida I don't think they've hired um a someone because I know he for the longest time he was the producer and the director on 14 and he'd spoken about how he wanted them to hire someone in one of the other roles Mm. maybe that's what they're going to be doing that maybe someone's going to be promoted Mm -hmm. on 14 but like we don't know we Mm. we literally don't know all all that we know from the the quote that we've seen which is from RPG site is that he said he's going to continue to be in charge of 14 there was no word about 16 in that he could be in charge of both who knows yeah yeah i mean like it's just it's just weird that you know he hasn't outwardly said i'm not working on four, on 16 like i'm not working on 16 full stop like he hasn't said that I mean, maybe somebody can find a quote where he legitimately just says, I'm completely not working on Final Fantasy 16. Stop, like, saying that. I mean, he is kind of stopping, trying to stop people saying that. Yeah, but they're doing it in in kind of cryptic ways because, you know, and it's what typically companies like this will do because they're trying Mm -hmm. to protect things. They're not ready to announce anything yet. Yeah, And actually, I was looking at recently when... um, in the build-up to, I think it was Lightning Returns, mm. they registered the domain Final Fantasy 13-3. Mm-hmm. And when journalists picked up on this and thought, mm, maybe there's a another sequel coming, in response they just said, "No, actually, you know, we've just registered we've just registered this domain as a um, kind of proactive measure to protect the brand moving forward. We didn't want someone else to have ownership of that domain mm. in case we wanted to do something in the future. But there's no plans. And then, literally, I think like a month or two later, they announced Lightning Returns. <laughs> so, like, you know, you always have to take." these kind of statements with a pinch of salt because they're mm. not going to announce anything early. No. If, Especially if it, not to this kind of like publication. No, I mean, 4chan, it's not, not even a publication, yeah. right? So if it was Kotaku publishing this, saying like, we've got insiders who are saying that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be developed, uh, directed by Yoshida, and then Yoshida would have to respond to that directly. But here he's just saying like, you know, Final Fantasy 14 fans, don't worry, I'm not leaving. Mm. Yeah. 
which is very different to saying I'm not directing Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to really make an opinion of this. Like, I mean, it's great that he's like committed to Final Fantasy 14. I guess my only thing is is that you don't you should never say always. Like, I know they they say like never say never, but like never say always. Because, like, the truth of the matter is, is that you don't know what's going to happen. Like, okay, you're saying, like, you're going to be with it until the end. Yeah, you're going to be with it until the end, until you're not. You well, never also, know. I mean, he's going to be with it till the end by default because it's being held within his business division. So it's yeah. his studio who are who are making 14. So yeah. unless he leaves the studio, which could happen to yeah. battle left. Yeah. Like you never know. Like you um, can't you can't make a blanket statement saying that you're like I know that it's sort of like the fed up side of him that is just kind of like you know, you exaggerate things, you say things just to be like oh for crying out loud like i'm i'm not leaving this like just trust that i'm not leaving this until i die like you know you you can everybody says things like that but like i think you do have to be careful when you do because there are some people who would read into that and then the minute you say i'm leaving this for whatever reason those people will jump on you tabata exactly it happened with the dlc like they promised the four dlcs and everything mm-hmm. and then they didn't they did one Mm. The rest got turned into a novel. He left the studio. Like there was so much resentment towards Tabata for everything that uh, happened with with Final Fantasy fifteen towards yeah. the end. But I think the other thing that's that's interesting about um, Yoshida is that when we interviewed him, uh, I think it's almost like three years ago now, two or three years ago now. And I asked him, well, I didn't ask him about Final Fantasy 16. I said that we did a survey and that he came out as the guy who people wanted to direct the next game. Mm. And he said, you know, I'm I'm a company man. Mm. If Square Enix ask if the if my seniors ask me to direct Final Fantasy 16, I would I will do it mm. because I have I have honor. I re- I'm respectful to my my seniors. Yeah. So yeah, you, exactly what you said. Never say never. Like if if um. Uh, Matsuda, the big CEO, turned around and said, um, actually, Ishida, I need you to direct Final Fantasy 16, just as it happened when he had to take over 14. Yeah. Like, it was just a click of the fingers, we need to make a change on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just, I think that maybe he should be a bit more careful about about that kind of thing. But I do Which understand that you say things. Which is why his statement was perfect in that regard, because mm. he didn't address the rumors directly. Mm. He just addressed the thing saying... I'm still going to be continuing to work on 14 for the mm. foreseeable future. Yeah. And that's all he knows right now. Please ignore any non-official announcements about what I will be working on. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, is fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's good to respect Yoshida and just sort of wait for the moment but with that being said, I'm really excited about the announcement that has come out. Um, so, yeah, we do know that business division that Yoshida looks after are working on something huge outside of 14. They've they've declared it's a AAA title, which you know, Square Enix don't make too many of them anymore in Japan. Mm. And they've been hiring a lot of talent for it um, over the last year or two, just as they were for the 7 remake. And they have announced as part of their next recruitment drive... Uh, well, they've not announced, but they've got an interview by um, Ryota uh, Suzuki, who joined Square Enix last year 
And he was one of the the main designers on Devil May Cry 5. He was also the battle director of Dragon's Dogma over from Capcom. And it's also interesting that it's, he's come from Capcom because obviously Teruki Endo, um, who was the battle director on Final Fantasy VII Remake, also came over from Capcom after being the lead game designer on Monster Hunter World. Mm. So they're kind of poaching <laughs> talent from Capcom, it seems. Capcom, um, better watch out. Uh, yeah, so... Um, and in in his interview, he he ran through a lot of things, and I think it's really, I guess it like refreshing probably isn't the word, but I think it's important for for fans to really pay attention because obviously with the seven remake going towards the more action RPG element, there was a lot of consternation about that. People were disappointed it wasn't going to be turn based, it wasn't going to be faithful to the original, and uh, Suzuki basically said in his interview, that's just the wrong way of looking at things now like you shouldn't have those expectations because it's not going to happen anymore mm-hmm. and he explained why and i think that's the thing that square enix missed in most of their communications around the seven remake the why the why aren't we doing this anymore instead they focused on like this is what we're doing and we've got these other modes to keep you happy if if that's what you want but um suzuki basically explained that um the the olden days they had to separate like i think it's pretty common knowledge that final fantasy 7 had all these different scenes so there was like the world map there was mini games there was kind of the field exploration and then there was battles and they each worked on different um, engines essentially so you had different teams working on different aspects of the game and the battle systems had to be really basic because they didn't have much memory like they didn't have much disk space it couldn't be very complicated so that's why they developed this idea of command-based battle systems, which we're all really familiar with. And, um, you know, you were saying Persona, still very, very prominent in the use of command-based battle systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, you know, it's still working for them, but I think Square Enix are aspiring to be something beyond beyond that. And they're basically saying that they don't have the technical restrictions anymore. So why should they restrict themselves to working with these really static gameplay mechanics? And I guess his argument was that, okay, for our generation, if they put out a turn-based game, we would be okay with that. Like most of us would probably be okay with that. But the younger generation, the people that are in their like early 20s or teenagers now, like they would look at those games and just think like, what? is this and it's kind of like you know if you show like a teenager the original terminator it's like what is that thing like it's just so clearly badly animatronic that's probably not even a word it's a bad animatronic um and like whereas you know when you watched it live for the first time it's like oh this was it's so real it's so real mm-hmm. whereas you look back now it's just it looks really bad yeah um, yeah so he was like you know you, you play a game like grand theft auto 5 or like modern warfare call of duty and you know that's kind of like in a weird way their target audience but they they expect action so if you suddenly thrust them into this thing where they see a massive fmv sequence or something's happened and then they get shoved into a battle scene where the massive threat is just sitting there waiting for you to do something like that would be such a disconnect um so they're desperately trying to to make it so that that there is a seamless integration between gameplay and story um, while still having RPG mechanics layered on top. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is... It's hard because, like, I think 
there is still a place for for um the original sort of term based type of content but it's obviously like yeah they just don't they they've never really been interested in in sticking with that i mean kataze has always been very adamant that action based rpg is sort of where his interests lie yeah and, and same with the same Nomura, yoshida also like, has the same vision it's Nomura kind as of, well it's it's just it's just going with the times i mean like there's nothing wrong in 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 being sort of upset i think initially about it because obviously you like the turn-based system if you really if you really enjoyed the turn-based system with the quality of the story that Final Fantasy presents it is upsetting but it is it is a hard sell nowadays um for jrpgs unless there is something else that's like sort of different or special about it like you know you think about like nina kuni like that can exist as a jrpg or as a turn-based jrpg because of the fact that people will still want to play a studio ghibli game like they want to play a game that's in the world of like a studio ghibli film you know um people are still willing to commit to that with persona because that's just persona but it's i don't know it's hard but i think the difficulty with both of those games though is that the sales are are not fantastic you know yeah persona 5 and the re-release royal have not sold four million copies yeah the final fantasy 7 remake has already exceeded essentially the biggest turn-based rpg there is and Nino Kuni, from what I remember, I don't think that sold more than like 2 million copies. Whereas you look at The Witcher 3, that's sold 15, 20 million copies. Monster Hunter World has sold 15 million copies. Square Enix, I don't think I've ever released a game that sold 15 million copies. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, that's what it all comes down to, isn't it? It's the niche of, of turn-based RPGs now. Like, it's just, it's too hard to look at these other games that are selling really really well with their more i guess action based um gameplay systems and just be like well okay how do we get those numbers you know yeah nino kuni on ps3 sold just barely over one million copies yeah like it's it's small fry for a company like square enix who should be looking i mean They've never really been able to reach the heights of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XV got close. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has, will probably hit 10 million sales at some point in its yeah. lifespan. But, you know, they're, they're look, they, want, they want to strive to go beyond that. And, you know, they do have the titles that cater for that audience. Like Octopath Traveler was, was really critically beloved. But again, it's not... It's gonna. It's not gonna sell you five to ten million copies. I think it sold maybe like a million to two million. The Bravely franchise as well on the the 3ds. Again, it's it's a game that has sold maybe one million copies, two million copies at tops. Those games are made to cater for the older fans who want the turn-based experiences mm. that are more stylized. But but ultimately, their flagship titles. They're never going to be that anymore. And I think the interesting thing that, that Suzuki was saying in his interview, and I, I really appreciated the fact that, that he actually said it, was that 
Skronix aren't good at making action-based games. So for all of like Kataze and like Tabata and, and Yoshida and, and Nomura's ambitions about making action games, they've never really made any that have like set the world on fire or mm. sold massive amounts of copies. The mechanics are usually like okay. Like mm. Final Fantasy XV's combat was was decent, like Kingdom Hearts' combat is decent. And, you know, I mean, we all saw what thing, what happened with Kataze tried to do more action-based games. Like, Dirge of Cerberus was a shambles in mm-hmm. terms of its gameplay compared to other games in the market at the same time. Like, it's not, it's not an abysmal game, but, you know, you compare it to other third-person shooters and it's just not, not very good. No. Whereas, you know, now they, there seems to be an appreciation within the company that they can't just do it themselves they must have seen like near automata must have been a huge wake-up call to them because all of a sudden they just outsource it to platinum games oh here's a company that can actually make an action rpg wait people like this gameplay mechanics it's yeah. it's better than anything we've ever made ourselves what, what is this i think square enix does have a massive problem with that like they have a massive issue with um outsourcing they have this almost sort of like weird pride thing where they just want to do everything themselves well i mean actually i would i would uh, stop you there to say actually they've been outsourcing a lot Mm. but typically they outsource on the cheap yeah and for for games that don't really matter as as yeah, typically, I mean, typically they outsource um, on like, like the I mean, DS Final game, Fantasy 3DS. Remake, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake aside, like they're, they, they, rarely, they rarely outsource their, like, their big games. Like, yeah, it's, it's usually the remakes, yeah, remasters. Remasters and stuff, like stuff that will just generate them money, essentially, I guess. You know, um, mobile games. Um, but like... I mean, you can kind of see it from the merchandise perspective is that like they don't really do any collaborations anymore. They used to do like um, figure collaborations with like Kotobukiya, um, but they don't anymore. Um, they do everything themselves. They tried to reach out into like Marvel, like DC Universe. I was about to say Marvel. That's really bad. Like DC Universe play arts just to try and tap into that market so that they can like sort of sell more um, themselves. It's just, yeah, it's really, it's really hard. But um, I really think that they, they, they pride themselves on doing everything themselves and but i think it it's finally like, got yeah, to the like, point where they they're asking for help time times are changing so that's what suzuki uh, was saying that like you know by hiring people like him and, and endo it's square enix admitting that they don't have the capabilities internally to make these action-based games mm. so now they're looking to hire talent that can come in and essentially teach or take over and take the lead on things and one of the interesting things he said outside of that was that you know he's He's obviously like the, the the battle director on this new game, and mm-hmm. he's basically able to do whatever he wants because no one else really has the experience to say no. <laughs> like no one's saying like no, don't do that. Like that's not going to work or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I want to do this. Anyone disagree with this? Nope. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Which obviously you want in the director role, but yeah, you do. But you generally you'd have other heads around that maybe yeah. have different opinions and stuff. And like, you hope that somebody's challenging him. But but I think like it's 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 refreshing to hear that Square Enix are attempting to kind of revitalize themselves because 
in many ways like they haven't yeah like the japanese side of the the company outside of near automata and kingdom hearts 3 i guess is kind of teetering on and even the 7 remake they haven't produced a game that has like got over 90 percent metacritic for a long long time mm. and even the 7 remake did not achieve it despite it receiving such praise Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3 I, I can't remember what that was I think that was like although mid to well, like Final Fantasy 14 though um, Shadowbringers was it yes Shadowbringers expansion thank you for bringing that up we always forget it okay I'll, I'll say I'm, they, ha- I'm they haven't for you. they haven't released a non-MMO non-expansion <laughs> um, that has received a, a Metacritic of over they, 90 they rarely they I guess that that would be like the safer option is that they 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 don't do it as they don't get it as much. I think it it has always been a bugbear for for Square Enix trying to keep up with everybody. I mean, they barely have any games that have received over ninety in general. Um, mm. Actually, Dragon Quest uh, Eleven uh, received over ninety for mm. the the version on Switch. Mm. Uh, Neuro Automata did. Uh, Shadowbringers did. But yeah, they haven't released a, a game in pretty much their entire history that has received over over 90 really mm. which is quite scary yeah they've really they've released lots of games that get like 80 like high 80s i am excited though to see what he can bring to the series i'm really excited to see like what he'll be able to do um whether or not his input works really well with uh the team i'm really excited about it yeah i think for me that the hiring of him in the interview is just more representative of what's going on right now mm. and you know it's it's no different from luminous productions which apparently are rumored to be announcing their game during summer games fest as well it's going to be called crimson of arbitrium <laughs> acne's anthology apparently it's going to be like a, a spiritual successor to parasite eve um but like you know that the fact that they're willing to, to push more into these things, I don't necessarily have a problem with them going to action RPGs because, they, as I said, they, they still have the other experiences like Octopath Traveler for people who want the turn base. And there's also the Tokyo RPG Factory mm-hmm. who are making kind of more old school games as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just it's nice that they're they're looking into this. Yeah, they're, they're trying to to broaden. They're not just kind of resting on their laurels, which they have done. It feels like for a while. Yeah. Well, you and I were saying like they've been in development hell since like pretty much the merger of Square Enix. Like every single one of the main series games, at least, has been in development hell. And when you think about it, that's like that's 20 years. It's almost 20 years that they've been in development hell with pretty much every single game. It's that that is baffling. 20 years of development hell. Like, they've just been stumbling along. <laughs> and then, yeah, so so it's about time, really. On that uh, positive note, <laughs> I think it's time for us to, to wrap this up. It's going to be a bit of a short episode. Mm. But, um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed our discussions around Final Fantasy 16, if it may or may not exist any time in the future, and <laughs> if or not yoshida is involved <laughs> yeah yeah i know oh bless them i felt so bad because i know that i know that people it's a shame really it, it speaks a lot against the journalistic side because of the fact that he's been asked it obviously so many times that it's just getting to be a thing now and 
you know, you just sort of think like, guys, like, calm yourselves, like, stop just going for the same thing, like, do maybe a better job of coming up with more original questions yeah, like, for the oh, guy. Oh, there's a 4chan rumor that said you were directing the game, are you? Yeah, like, just just do better, like, treat these guys with respect and understand that he's not going to give you the answer that you're looking for. But he might. But he might. He might slip up. But yeah. So yeah, on that note, um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 23rd of June. Be sure to check out all our news coverage at FinalFantasyUnion.com and if you enjoy what we do, why not check out our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And with that, it's time for us to say goodbye. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>